Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sit Rep. Today we are discussing the ins and outs of Social Security benefits and how they affect your VA benefits. I am Marine Corps veteran Paul Corbett. And I am Army veteran Mike McNamara. Today, we are joined by Brian Forsyth, a trained and certified benefits and work incentives counselor with Work Without Limits, a program of Commonwealth Medicine, a division of UMass Chan Medical School. So I want to thank you, Brian, for coming on. Uh, we've done some videos previously uh, that people can find. Search hashtag the sit rep on YouTube and they should pop up. No problem. Uh, but hundreds of thousands of views for some of the videos that you and I have put together with regard to Social Security benefits. And uh, so I appreciate you coming on and doing this podcast with us. Um, shall we dive into it? Sure. Let's do it. Um, so one of the things that definitely, well, feels like we should start with is uh, what is SSDI, what is SSI, and what's the difference between the two? Okay. Well, SSI and SSDI are the two pr programs that Social Security has for individuals with disabilities. Uh, SSDI stands for Social Security Disability Insurance. You want to think of it like federally funded long-term disability insurance. In other words, you've worked, you paid into the system, you became disabled prior to reaching full retirement age, and then now you're entitled to withdraw money from that account, from your disability account. Um, the same way when you reach retirement, you're drawing money from your retirement account. Okay. SSI or Supplemental Security Income is an income program for individuals with disabilities that don't have enough credits to qualify for SSDI. So they have very little you know, work history or their work history is spotty, so they don't have enough credits to qualify for SSDI. And they also have to meet strict income uh, and resource limits in order to be eligible for SSI. And both programs provide a monthly benefit, a, a monthly benefit cash amount, uh, a monthly cash benefit amount. Sorry about that. Um <clears throat> And each have their own component for health insurance. With SSI, you would automatically get Medicaid in most states. Uh, there are some that don't, but, you know, you could still qualify for Medicaid. You just have to apply separately. But most states, once you get SSI, you automatically get Medicaid. SSDI, after you collect SSDI for two years, you automatically get Medicare, which is the same Medicare you would normally get at age 65. This is just another way to get into the Medicare system. Okay, interesting. And so, you know, with working, or I imagine you can, can you work with SSDI? Uh, I know that you can work limitedly with SSI, uh, but can you work with SSDI? Yeah, both programs allow you to work. Um, <clears throat> the way it works with, with SSDI, the program is a series of steps. In other words, as soon as I'm awarded SSDI, I'm entitled to what they call a nine-month trial work period. All right. During trial work, as I said, nine months, not necessarily consecutive, where I can earn as much money as I want, I would still retain my full SSDI, uh, my SSDI cash benefit. Um, any month that I earn $970 gross or more in 2022 is considered a trial work month. But as I said, during trial work, there's no income limit. It's only after I complete the nine-month trial work period that an income limit comes in. And that income limit is called uh, Substantial Gainful Activity, or SGA. It's currently $1,350 in gross income. 
So if I'm receiving SSDI and I go back to work, if I'm earning you know $1,350 gross or more, I know at some point that check will end. If I'm earning less than SGA, the check will continue even after the trial work period is completed. And I, I think what's important here too is, is uh, this has to be reported monthly, correct? Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so each month, depending on how much you made, the next month's you know, payment from SSI, SSDI w will fluctuate. Well, so it's never it's never the same amount every single month. It just depends on how much you worked and how much your gross income was, correct? That's for SSI, yes. But SSDI is an all or nothing program. You right. either receive your full cash benefit or no cash benefit at all. So whether you, you know, if I'm in trial work, no matter how much money I'm making, I'm still going to get the full amount. It's SSI or supplemental security income right. that will tend to fluctuate because what happens with SSI is there's a formula that they use. They start with how much did you make in the month gross income and it, you know before anything's taken out. They don't count the first $85 you make. Excuse me. After that, for every $2 you earn, they reduce the SSI by one until the SSI goes away. And at that point, it doesn't stop. It's suspended. Right. Which is important. Um because that's one of the myths people think, oh, if they stop my benefit, I, you know, I'm never going to get it back. In both cases, you know, there is enough flexibility in the system that even if the check stops, it doesn't mean it won't come back if you need it. Right. As long as you're meeting the monthly, you know, you're you're doing your monthly reporting. Yes. So that you're staying viable in the system. Correct me if I'm wrong, too, but don't recipients also have to like renew every year? You have to have like an interview every year in order to see what's changed in your life, whether it be housing, you know, <coughs> bills, that kind of thing that also now impacts going forward. Well, actually, um, what you're talking about, <coughs> excuse me. Is called a medical review, mm -hmm. and it's done on a reg on a regular interval. Each person, as soon as they're awarded either SSI or SSDI, is given what's called a diary date. Now that could be every three to five years, which is very common, uh, or it's actually seven years, depending on the disabling condition. So if it's a chronic condition, it's not expected to change. You know, nothing's going to happen. It'll be every seven years. If it's a you know a disability that you might be able to recover, it's usually three to five. So every three to five years, Social Security by law has to certify that yes, you are still you still meet the disability standard and therefore are entitled to receive your benefits. So you were speaking about <clears throat> the amount of money that people can make each month uh, with regard to SSDI and SSI. I'm kind of worrying, uh, wondering about assets. Um, is you know, how how do people's assets uh, play into the role? And also, is there only so much money that someone can have on hand? Okay. For SSDI, no. Because as remember, SSDI is an insurance program. <clears throat> so the only thing that SSDI is concerned about is income from work you physically do. However, SSI, you know, because it's uh, an income program, and you have to meet strict income and uh, resource and asset guidelines, there is. If I'm on SSI, I'm held to $2,000 in, in uh, resources. So in other words, $2,000 in either cash, property, or um, stocks, bonds, whatever. That's $2,000 a month. 
I am entitled to certain things. I'm entitled to the home I live in. That's not a resource. I'm entitled to one car. But anything above that is going to be considered a resource. And if it goes above that $2,000 resource limit, I'm not going to be eligible for SSI until those assets are, are spent down. Now, if someone's married, now when we, you know, uh, in an SSI couple, which means both members of the couple are on SSI, they can have $3,000 as a couple rather than $2,000 each uh, when they, you know, so the asset limit changes. Plus the amount of money that someone gets in a married couple is adjusted because of the marriage. But And what if, what if the individual that's receiving SSI is uh, a dependent child? As I imagine, you know, some of the veterans and families, uh, military families that are out there listening to this right now, uh, they may have a dependent child that's on SSI. Um, so that, that child will have to spend down what they have as far as assets go, like each month or? Well, first of all, a dependent child for SSI would only be a child under the age of 18. Because under the age of 18, when they do the calculation to see if that, that child is eligible for SSI, they're looking at parental income and resources. Okay. However, once the child turns 18, Social Security said they're an adult, and therefore the only thing that matters is their own income and their own resources. Okay. But how much money you receive on SSI is based on your living situation. So if it's a dependent child still living at home, the amount of money that they could receive on SSI is going to be less if they were living by themselves. But as far as income and resources, they're only looking at, you know, once you turn 18, you're only looking at your own income and resources. They no longer look at your parents. Okay, I gotcha. So let's, Paul brings up an interesting point then for, for military families, veterans in the family. So how does receiving uh, either or both of these Social Security benefits um, affect your VA benefits, or is there any parallel or not? That really is going to depend on what benefits you're receiving from Social Security and what benefits you're receiving from the VA. Okay. I mean, obviously, if you're receiving service-connected disability mm -hmm. from the VA uh, and you're receiving SSDI, they play very well together because they're both insurance programs. Right. So I can have my full amount of SSDI and the full amount of my – um, <clears throat> disability pension from the VA. If I'm in a needs-based program like SSI and I have a service-connected disability from the VA, it will impact my SSI because it's unearned income and it will lower the amount of money I'm entitled to on SSI. If I'm receiving you know, a, a non-service-connected, which is you know, similar to SSI in that you know, there's resource limits, there's asset tests. If I'm on SSI, SSDI, that might be affected by the SSDI because once again, it's it's income sensitive. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm on SSI and that, they, usually they'll reduce one but not the other. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on, because Social Security has two different benefits. The VA has two different types of benefits. So I, I also think what's important here is Paul Paul brought up an interesting point. So I have a 37-year-old son yeah. who's, who's been disabled since birth. Okay. Uh, he has SSI, SSDI. Okay. He works. But he's also on my VA disability because he's a dependent of mine. Mm -hmm. um, 
we my my his mother and I are his legal guardians. Okay. So as part of my disability payments each month from the VA, I receive money um, for, for him. you know him as. And I know Social Security talks to um, VA because his SSI benefits are reduced because he's getting money through the VA as a dependent of a disabled veteran. Well, that's because you're his guardian. Right. Oh, okay. So, so I think that's if, important. But if somebody's a single person, like no one is claiming them? Then no, that doesn't... No, have, correct. Know, right. So so if if he was living on his own and I I wasn't... Yeah, then his... Then one, I couldn't claim him through correct. the VA anyways. Right, so, right. but I, I just wanted to say that I think... You know, people need to understand that. Yeah, if you're if you're dependent, if it's your mom or something is receiving mm -hmm. SSI and she's your dependent, and you're getting compensation through your VA disability for having that dependent, then that is going to affect their SSI because their name slash social security number it's is tied. is in there as receiving VA benefits, receiving a VA monetary benefit. Okay, and that's that's the reason because the benefit mm -hmm. goes to the, that goes to right the that individual. thirty dollars right. or whatever it is a month. I'd have to you know is supposedly theirs. Um, and then at that point, SSI is going to consider that unearned income, right? And, and they reduce the SSI amount dollar for dollar after the first twenty. So, correct. Although, if the individual is receiving both SSDI and SSI, the SSI is already being reduced just because of the SSDI. So, if there's other sources of income, yeah, it would. So, in in the event that it that it eliminates it, uh, mm -hmm. so to speak, I mean, you're receiving more money in VA disability or more money as a VA pension than you ever would with SSI, mm -hmm. uh, depending on your rate of disability. Um, though the monetary benefit from SSI is eliminated, does that mean it also eliminates like the healthcare benefits and stuff that would be available through SSI? No, you would still be what they consider statutorily eligible. It's just the status, instead of being active pay, in other words, you're receiving a check, would be non-pay excess income. Okay. The only thing that will break that connection between SSI and um, Medicaid is if you're over resources. Okay, cool. And once again, I think it's important to reiterate that all of this is handled on a monthly basis. Absolutely. You have to report your income. Uh, I know personal experience, the VA reports to Social Security who's receiving um, disability or, or, or dependent disability mm -hmm. payments. Um, and failure to do that um, will basically negate your SSI. I mean, if you continue to not report, uh, then they assume that you're no longer interested in the program. Well, it's going to generate an overpayment at least. Right. Because every month that they don't do the calculation or if they do the calculation on numbers that aren't accurate because you are not reporting, all right, once they catch up to it and they will catch up to oh, it, yeah. then they'll go back month to month to month and determine how much you should have gotten as opposed to what you did. And that's going to generate an overpayment. So the key with anything with Social Security, obviously, is they need to know. You need to talk to them. You know, you need to report every month. Yeah, don't try to hide. It won't work. They're going to find you. They're going to find you. And then you're going to have a debt. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And it can be sizable. So, and it's very easy to report for Social Security. Um, they even have two new ways to do it, which is really kind of cool. If someone's on SSI or on SSI and SSDI, 
They have a smartphone app you can use, SSI Mobile Wage Reporting. The other new way is you can actually set up an online account through Social Security, and once they're aware of you know your work income, you can actually report your monthly income right on your computer. Mm-hmm. So they've made it as simple as possible, which is a lot better than the old days where you'd walk down to the Social Security office with your pay stubs in hand or mail them to them. So they've made it over the years as simple as possible to make sure you can make that man, that monthly report to Social Security. Awesome. So there's a lot of folks out there listening to this. <laughs> I hope so. Um, that, uh, you know, are part of a family. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you might have a mom or a dad or both mom and dad that are recipients of SSDI or SSI. Um, and they have either new children entering the household or they have children leaving the household. So how is it that these benefits are affected by children? All right. In the case of SSI, they're not. SSI is an individual benefit. So each person has their own. But SSDI, on the other hand, being an insurance program, there is uh, a concept called a minor dependent benefit. So if I were to receive SSDI, and I had a child under the age of 18, whether they're disabled or not, I would be able to collect what's called a minor dependent benefit, approximately an additional 50% on top of what I would get for SSDI until that child turns 18, unless the child has a disability, at which point Social Security would declare them disabled as an adult. And as long as I was still receiving Social Security benefit, either disability or retirement, that child would continue to receive that money under what they call a childhood disability benefit. Social Security will sometimes call it a DAC or a disabled adult child. So I, I kind of want to, I think we've touched on this already, but um, as far as retirements, so now, you know, I, I've reached a certain age, I'm going to retire from work, I'm no longer going to be working. Um, you know, I either have some type of 401k or a pension. I think you talked about this. It doesn't affect SSDI, right? but it does affect SSI because now it's income. And you said it it affects it at at even a more high rate because it's not earned income. It's like supplemental income. Exactly. Is that correct? Exactly. With SSDI, I mean, an additional pension is not going to matter. But with SSI, yeah, once you start drawing down that pension, that's now unearned income and would reduce SSI dollar for dollar. Okay. Um, For however long, for the rest of my life, if I'm on that pension. Now, what about, what happens when I hit, say, 62, 65, whatever I choose, Mm -hmm. and now Social Security kicks in, my regular Social Security benefit that I've paid into Mm -hmm. my entire life? Once again, does that... Offset SSI along with my, so probably when you start receiving both, does one go away? How, how does that all work? All right. First of all, if I'm on, if I'm on SSI and I have sufficient credit to qualify for a retirement benefit, when I turn 65, I, they will convert, you know, actually when I turn 62, they're going to, I'm automatically going to be given early retirement from Social Security because the nature of SSI um states that you have to apply for and accept all other benefits available. So if I have enough credit to qualify for a retirement benefit at age 62, Social Security is going to do that calculation. I'm going to get my retirement benefit from Social Security on an early retirement basis, which will reduce and could potentially eliminate my SSI. 
and then I would just be a retiree. <clears throat> but I'd be in that pot spot where from 62 to 67, I am subject to an income guideline, but it's different than the SSDI guideline. And now do you still continue to draw SSDI? Well, with SSDI, you can actually wait until you reach full retirement age, and then it will automatically roll over into a retirement benefit. You can take early retirement if you want. Okay. But that's going to be a reduction in the amount of money that you receive each month. Right. All right. Um, the only thing you won't be able to do with SSDI is you won't be able to defer to age 70. So at 67 or whatever your full retirement age, that SSDI claim is going to be rolled over into a retirement benefit. So you'll just be getting the one payment yes. a month from Social Security. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, and, and I'm assuming all this takes place without you having to do a lot of, you know, you know, based on your birthday is what you're saying. Social Security is going to automatically start to kick these things in. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And there are some people that are receiving a Social Security retirement benefit, a really small Social Security retirement benefit, and still some SSI. Right. Depending on how much Depending you paid how in, much how much you, you work. Understood. Yeah. So the last thing that I want to touch basis on, uh, we already kind of talked about it, um, but what are the different healthcare packages that are available to individuals who are receiving SSDI and SSI or SSI rather? Um, and how does that interact more importantly with VA healthcare? Okay. So if someone's on SSI, as I said, they automatically get Medicaid right away. Uh, except for certain states, but that's, you know, certain states, we're not one of them. Um, I'm entitled to keep my, my Medicaid as long as I'm financially eligible. Now, as long as I'm receiving SSI and I'm not full retirement age, it's just going to continue. But if I'm receiving SSI, I'm going to be eligible for you know, Medicaid as long as I live. If I'm on SSDI, as I said, after two years, I'm automatically going to get Medicare. Now, if I have med Medicaid at the time that my Medicare comes in, I do not give up my Medicaid. My Medicaid, They basically just work together. If I have VA uh, health insurance, it gets a little tricky because <clears throat> it depends whether it's TRICARE, TRICARE for Life, which is actually a Medicare supplement plan, or just you know VA uh, medical benefits. Um, you can actually have all three. And a lot of times it'll happen because I know if someone has TRICARE or TRICARE for life, the VA is going to need to know if you have Medicare. All right? If you don't, it's not going to prevent you from getting health insurance, you know, health care from the VA. But you, so you can have all three. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, where you go, who pays first, who pays last. Medicaid pays last, by the way, always. Always. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think that's. That's an important point because we do know veterans that literally have all three. Yeah. Um, and what we typically find is um, if they're using VA healthcare, they're using their TRICARE if they're a retiree, um, then usually their Medicare is is like a really distant backup plan mm -hmm. uh, because for most folks, I would say almost 100% of folks between your VA benefits and your <clears throat> TRICARE benefits, you're going to be taken care of. Yeah. You know, um, more so than what you may or may not get from Medicare. Right. 
But I think it's important for people to know that you can use all three. I yes. mean, depending on how you want to divvy it up. But yeah, it's <laughs> getting Medicare to pay is going to be the last uh, yeah, the last bastion. It's just a matter of, you know, when you go, okay, I have this card, I have this card, and I have this card. Right. And let the <clears throat> hospital work it out. Right, right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Throw your cards down and that yeah. that's what they get paid to deal with. Exactly. Well, Brian, uh, again, I want to say thank you for joining us on uh, today's podcast. Um, you know, if there's people out there that want to get in touch with Work Without Limits, uh, they're a great organization that can help with uh, any questions that you might have with regard to Social Security benefits, uh, but a whole host of other things as well. Uh, we'll actually be having a follow-up conversation with Brian after this podcast is concluded with regard to what Work Without Limits does, who they are, and the various benefits that they are able to provide through employment and all sorts of other uh, avenues of your daily life. But if you'd like to reach out to them, uh, you can do so uh, toll free at one eight seven seven yes work. That's nine three seven nine six seven five. Or if you'd like to, you can check out their URL at www.workwithoutlimits.org. Uh, Brian, again. Thank you so much. A lot of great information. Uh, we've got some additional videos that Brian has done uh, with us that you can find on YouTube by searching hashtag the sit rep. And for those who have served or are currently serving, thank, thank you, you for, for your, your service. service.